I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yellow, it's the sport of episode 199. We are, as you know, the official unsanctioned podcast of Surly Brewing, and we are here tonight. Uh, Yotas BM joined by John. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. And Stu. Good to be back, guys. Sorry that I was sick last week. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, right. we don't yeah, remember. No, we missed How you, you so feeling? badly. No, I thought uh, you were on. I, you know, me and Clarence <laughs> are just interchangeable with our political opinions being yes. in lock fucking step. Yep, yep. Um, I feel great. Um, I can breathe out of my nose again. Um, I don't feel like I want to die at all times. So don't don't get sick. That's uh, really all I have to offer yeah. as advice to people. Don't go outside. Did you have that pressure thing in your yes. head? Yes, oh, sinus man. pressure was just brutal. I could not concentrate. Um if you read any bad copy on the Surly website, that's because I wrote it while I had a giant sinus headache. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. snot was dripping down my nose. So it was, it was just much, great. There's, there's pages out on the website that are like, don't <laughs> drink literally. beer, don't leave your house. Yeah. Just water. It basically just reads like only. a Star Tribune comment section. <laughs> <laughs> that's really about it. Um, when you're in the throes of a really bad sinus headache, how much would you pay for the magical ability to, like, Close your mouth and plug your nose and then squeeze really hard and have, like, every single bit of mucus in your head shoot out your ears sideways like a cartoon. I think I'd pay, like, $500 at that point. I would I would go to 10000 I would go all the way to $10,000. <laughs> Some sort of Give nasal corkscrew yep. that would just go up into your sinus. Yep. And, and you, you just, just yank it every out. last bit of it is gone immediately and you get to, like, grossly look at your yeah. what happened you too. get to sleep for 14 straight hours oh my god uh yes yeah, okay. no, I was, I, I, on monday um our uh, mutual friend holly sent me home from work because we were having a meeting and she goes you look terrible you need Just to go home and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to gut through the meeting yeah and i realized i have i had snot had tripped out of my nose onto my arm and it was literally <laughs> hanging off of my wrist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like okay yeah you're probably right i should probably go home and a lot of so times your boss will say that, and you think like, "Oh, what a nice, uh, what a nice manager." Uh, but really, they're just like, "That person looks fucking miserable." And if they give that to me, I'm going to murder them. And of course, Holly was sick all weekend. So. Oh, all right, all right, yikes! Yeah. It was just great. It very much is just self-preservation. It, it really is. is. I yeah. care about you, but I care about me really. Far, it's about far me, more. exactly yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk uh, footy. We're going to talk hoops, puck, and maybe movies. 
but I wanted to start with the uh, Ricky Rubio. Are there any updates? Well, we are recording this Wednesday, February 22nd at 6.05 p.m. So we are in the crunch time of the trading deadline. So it's risky, obviously, for us to be recording a podcast right now. So I think we're going to do one take where we're going to pretend that he did get traded in case that happens. And then another take where we pretend he didn't get traded because we're not sure which one's going to be happening. Okay. So let's first go to the... We call this the slide indoors. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which one do you want to do first, Brandon? Take one is that Ricky Rubio has been traded. All right. Cut to the sobbing where we just sob into the microphones for 10 straight minutes. The most likely thing is for him to... (laughs) He is our beautiful boy. He's Did they at least trade him for an accused rapist past his prime? Yes. Awesome. That's Let's what hope. I was hoping for. Yeah, there's only, you really uh, want to get into that little market of awfulness. Yeah, so I think the most likely scenario is for him to be going to the Knicks. Sounds like where there's smoke, there's fire, and we may be getting Derrick Rose back, but essentially that's just a shitty player who's got an expiring contract, mm-hmm. and it's our guy Tibbs just being like, I don't want Rubio for three more seasons, so I'll try to pry something valuable out. But for the most part, that's kind of my thing. So in this pretend scenario, because, again, it hasn't happened yet, I am extremely upset with yeah. Mr. Thibodeau. We get I'm so fucking mad at we him. We get pre-furious a lot yes. on this podcast. We are, this is the most pre-furious we've ever been. This are is you, for uh, sure the most pre-furious I've ever been. You're right. I have never been this pre-furious. Are you more mad at Thibs or more mad at Clarence being right about this. Uh, <laughs> or maybe a better question. How much worse does it make it to have your, be- your have nemesis. Rubio traded and have your Clarence be able to tweet at you yes. for the rest of time? The thing that bothers me so much is it's so obvious some of his ploys. Uh, I'm talking about Clarence, our uh, member who isn't here yet. <laughs> One of his most obvious ploys is pick up on something that other people are already talking about. Mm-hmm. And talk about it more than anybody else, and then claim he was the one that originated, yep. right? And then claim he was mocked and ridiculed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then also that as well. So <laughs> he's got he's got some brilliant bits, and that's one of them. Of, I think we knew from the jump from Thibodeau being hired, the smart basketball guys, smarter than me, were saying uh, this is, Rubio is not the type of point guard he wants in his system, right? right. So from day one. That happened. And then he drafted Chris Dunn. And at that point, the writing seemed to be on the wall, right? Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as Dunn was drafted, it was like, well, we all saw yeah, Rubio will yeah. be traded any yeah, minute. He'll be, he'll be and gone. then, like, three months later, Clarence picked up on it and has since been like the... Went to Wikipedia, typed yeah, in Chris Dunn. Decided that he's been saying it all along. So he's mm-hmm. the Johnny-come-lately who's just being louder than everybody else. But it'll hurt more because, yes, he will be. He will have technically been right about that, even though we all knew this was going to uh, be a possibility since the beginning. So, But to answer your question, Stu, I am way more mad at tips okay. if this happens. Oh, when this happens. We're, we're in that sliding door scenario yes. where it already did happen. Um, I think charitably... The nicest thing we could say is that people were worried from the get-go that Tibbs would be a win-now guy, mm-hmm. and trading Rubio would be the opposite of that move, and it would be a hardcore future mm-hmm. move of either, I think Dunn is going to be the answer, or I'm going to essentially, not in so many ways, but 
not tank, but, you know, not worry about this season and getting into the playoffs and target a point guard in this uh, in the draft, which, which does have a ton of really good point guards. So I think if you're charitable and you're really nice, you could say that about at least he's making a responsible long-term move. But I'm not going to be charitable, and I'm definitely going to be pissing and moaning and whining and complaining why forever. Is it, why is this a good long-term move? I don't understand that. I don't think it is, but I'm saying if you have rose-colored glasses on, you would say, well, I think it's fair to say that Rubio's not, uh, that guys like Rubio that have a very obvious fault get locked down in the playoffs and their teams can't have success. I would also very quickly say Jason Kidd was pretty awesome in the playoffs. Ray John Rondo was pretty awesome in the playoffs. There's a million examples of this not working. So I want to be I want to be clear. The argument that I've been making all along is not that Ricky Rubio is the best point guard for the Timberwolves right now, but he because he is. Yes. And I'm not saying it's good now, and so the Timberwolves need to keep him. I think Ricky Rubio is going to be better than Chris Dunn this year, next year, the year after, and every All year after that. I agree. Yes. Maybe when Rubio is 43 years old and Dunn is 40 years old, <laughs> yeah. Rubio might be worse than Dunn. He'll probably retire it's hard by to say. Yeah. That seems like a good problem to have. But I don't, I don't think Rubio is better now, but won't be in the future. He's better now and will be later as well. He's 26 years old. He's going to keep getting better for a number of years. And he doesn't rely on just hardcore athleticism, so you'd think his game will age fairly gracefully, like Jason Kidd. Mm -hmm. I think think Rubio is the kind of guy you want on your team for the next dozen years. And to trade him because you want Chris Dunn, an unproven rookie, to get more playing time is remarkably short-sighted. It's short-sighted. Uh, it's anger-inducing. Yep. It makes me want to drive into oncoming traffic. I think what you said the other day where you're just going to burn the whole state down. The I entire state the appropriate will response. be going to the ground. I love him so much. He's my special, beautiful. Our North Star. He's our North Star. Our almond-eyed prince. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it makes no sense. I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's I don't not, understand it at all. It's not just us that are saying this either. You listen to the smart guys, and they're like, some of the smart guys at least, the ones who watch this team day in and day out, know what Rubio's value to this team is. I am harshly judging anybody who claims to be a Hoops fan that doesn't like Rubio. Right. I don't judge casual fans because it's maybe that's not – I don't know how to watch basketball anymore as a casual fan just because I'm a diehard, but – I can see being like, well, he doesn't really shoot ever. I don't know. Eight points, big whoop. But it's the same kind of people who looked at Joe Maurer when he was hitting 390 with an on-base percentage of 500. And they're like, man, he only hits nine home runs. (laughs) Right. That doesn't seem like enough home runs. But I I can't stress enough to you that no catcher has ever had a season like this. Yes. It's the best season for a catcher that's ever happened. Yeah, 365 MVP catcher. There are no catchers that hit like this. Yep. But yes, they're very, it's a very people common. People couldn't enjoy it, and it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit. It, Maurer and Rubio are not the same. Maurer's peak was far higher than Rubio's has ever been. Oh yeah, but yeah. I think that as still, a super fan, we think that Rubio's like the seventeenth best point guard in the league. Like <laughs> even the most chair. I mean, no one thinks he's a top five yeah. guard. I'm just saying, like he's not the problem, and he's not. He shouldn't be targeted uh, at all for a trade. Um. I, I still think he's the perfect point guard for a good team, which the Wolves are planning to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stop fucking with the core and start thinking about other things. This is, of all the things that are wrong with the Timberwolves, this is not number one either. Number one is defense. Number two is the bench. Yeah. You're not doing anything by trading him unless you somehow get a bunch of lockdown defenders 
Which you're not going to get for Rubio. You're not going to get fair value for him. Right. If 2003 Trenton Hassel is out there, won't be my guess. But. And the thing that's going to piss me off even more if this ha- actually comes to fruition is I fucking hate the Knicks. So <laughs> it's true. Rubio, he's he's my special boy, and I'll care about him forever. I'll love him no matter where he goes. Um, but I can't love the team he's on if it's the fucking Knicks. Right, you can't look at the Knicks and cheer for Ricky Rubio on the Knicks. No. You just can't do it. It's no, impossible. There's, there's some teams that if he goes on to, I'll be like, oh, cool, now I like that team. I didn't care about him, and I like him. Like, oh, he's on the Char- he's on Charlotte. Yeah, yeah cool. Sure. Charlotte's great. Charlotte. Yeah, oh, whatever. I'm, I'm, uh, he's like on Miami. Knicks, the Lakers and the Bulls. Yeah. Those yep. are like the big three that I can think of off the top of my head. I am definitely with you on the first two. The Bulls I don't really care that much about, but I definitely I hate the Knicks and the Lakers so much. So, think, God damn it. I'm so mad. I'm so pre-furious. <laughs> but do you like Trevor? Uh, who's, uh, who's the other Who's the other piece in the trade? Noah, Joe yeah. Kim Noah. Joe Kim, I almost said Trevor Noah, the comedian. So Trevor Noah, yeah, yeah we're getting the uh, daily we're show. We're getting the, the worst daily show host ever, and also and also uh, the somehow, other Noah. So. Somehow Noah's worse the worst Kilbourne. daily show host ever. Well, there's only been three. There's only been three. Uh, Kilborn was pretty bad. I uh, Kilborn was okay for his time, I think. Yeah. He just he, he pales in comparison to, to Chase too. I have a five month old, so I don't stay up that late to yeah. see the Daily Show anymore. Yeah, I don't watch much of the Daily Show either. Right. It's a real bummer. And I, I recognize listeners that it's on at ten o'clock and not. Like I don't mean to. De- I did not mean <laughs> yeah. to derail the whole thing. But is Joe Noah any good anymore? No. Okay. No. So this is all a salary cap. It's flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. So for what though? For what end? Cap is not an issue for the Wolves. I mean, the, I was going to the say they're not like up, they're not up against it. The Timberwolves making a cap move is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I mean, it that, is. Unless they're really, really worried about you know Towns and Wiggins down the road. I don't, I don't get it. They I don't, could pay both of them the max contract and still be far below the salary cap. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't understand. For a while, there was an issue where it wasn't so much cap, but it was somehow getting money. Remember when David Kahn first came aboard and the main mm-hmm. thing that he wanted to do was fire Kurt Rambis? Mm-hmm. And Taylor was like, all right, well, you got to get the money to do it. So he sold off a bunch of his second rounders <laughs> for cash just to fire Kurt Rambis. I don't think it's one of those scenarios. Uh, although, he's got a boat payment to make, and he's just, yeah. he's just selling low. They had Chandler Parsons for like 25 minutes and then traded him for like another $400,000 somehow just to, yeah. Remember when they had Juwan Howard just to get his expiring contract? Awesome. He got Great paid times. like $19 million and never once flew to Minneapolis. Brad Miller. Brad Miller. Brad Miller played 11 <laughs> minutes in like four seasons yep. somehow. Yeah, man. Nice headbands, though. Yes. Best yeah. headbands. Yeah. Right. So okay, that's, so that's scenario one. That's take one. The door slides. All right, so now we're in. They the, haven't traded Rubio. They, they didn't trade him, and the trade deadline has passed. So you got to. So this is, I mean, so we're listening him. to this yep. after tomorrow. After tomorrow, and nothing happened, and now we can be like. Maybe Shabazz Muhammad got traded for like a second round pick or something. Wait right, right. Is that but an I'm, actual rumor? I have not seen that. That is an actual rumor that's Why? Out there. He's the best player on their bench, which is already so out weird. of good Again, we don't All know. that matters is know. defense and bench. Don't fuck those two things up. Okay, so understand. this is the most ridiculous trade season I've ever been. No, no, no. We're no, now no, on we're, the, the door is slid. The door is. I'm sorry. Slid. Trade season they is have, over. They have stood pat. They have stood pat, and they didn't do anything. And now we can say, man, all those fucking rumors were the stupidest thing I have ever heard. <laughs> of course, Why they the weren't. Why were they so dumb? They would never trade. That doesn't make any sense. Tom Thibodeau is way smarter than the three of us. Right, and we're pretty smart. 
He's way smarter than us. And for a guy who, and here's the thing, okay, now I'm actually angry in a different way now. And angry in the way that I actually am. I'm not playing pretend anymore. Uh, there has been all this talk since the very beginning of, of our guy Tibbs being hired. Of He is is in love with his old bulls. He's in love with all those old guys. He loves his bulls. He loves the bulls. He loves, he loves Rose. He loves Noah. He loves Dang. He loves Todd Gibson. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. Every goddamn Chicago bull that's <laughs> ever come Cartwright. through, he Bill loves Cut's all of them. Bill Cartwright. Luke Longley. Tony Kukoc, BJ Armstrong. John Paxson. He loves them all, right? But the problem is there's no evidence so far of him actually being that person. We <laughs> always true. said immediately, oh, he's going to go after Lowell Deng. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't go after Lowell Deng. He's going to go after Todd Gibson. He never did that. He never did anything the way that we thought he was going to do it. And we've just been continuing to say he's in love with these old bulls for no reason. I, I have no fucking re- re- I have here's, no understanding why people keep saying that. Here's why. Because every time a former Chicago Bull who played for Tom Thibodeau comes to Minneapolis, the writers ask that player about Thibodeau. Yep. yep. They ask Thibodeau about that player. Local and angle. And then they report that pregame or postgame Thibodeau shook this guy's hand or hugged and talked to him because apparently being a generally decent person who talks to your former coworkers is notable. Yeah, he's got a great bond. Wow. (laughs) He must be. Oh, that's amazing. It's like, does he have a good bond with Todd Gibson? No, he wants to kiss him, hang out with him. He loves him so much. They're in love. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? They just get along. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. So we continue to say this over and over and over. Well, he's in love with Derrick Rose. Why do we think that? And why do we know that? I have no fucking idea. People ask him and are like, did you ever have a good point guard? And he's like, yeah, Derrick Rose played for me, and back then he was awesome. Yeah, he and won the MVP. Like, click, 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 click. <laughs> Derrick Rose, trade room. Click, 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 click. Yeah. Delete, 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 delete. Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah. Click, 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 click. Publish. So that part, to me, has never made any sense at all, right? So that's the first thing of if we think that He's in love with his old bulls. I'd love to have seen some actual evidence in real life and not rumors. Um, that's the thing. Number two, we've been saying all along, and we talked about it just a few minutes ago on the sliding door, mm-hmm. take one, yep. is that uh, he's, Rubio's not his guy. He's never been a Rubio guy, right? Well, he plays Rubio all the time. Mm-hmm. Rubio gets tons of minutes. Rubio's probably leading the team in minutes. This he year. just, yeah, I mean, he missed a few games, so he had a, not many minutes at the very beginning of the year, but lately he's, like, been relied on almost constantly. So for a guy who hates Rubio, he sure does seem to like Rubio. <laughs> and he talks about him a lot of, like, hey, Ricky had a great game. You know, and they keep continuing to ask him, like, well, what about Dunn? And he's like, yeah, he. Great defense. Yeah, he played. He well, played what do you well want too. to say? He drafted Dunn. You want him to be like, ugh, he sucks. He sucks. I made a bad call. <laughs> yeah, I'm People bad. are just expecting him to step to the podium. My performance like, review is going to suck in the offseason. <laughs> I'm going to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> so that part has never made any sense at all. And, and, again, I'm sensitive to, like, where there's smoke, there's fire. A million people are reporting on the, the Knicks rumors and Rubio's not around for long, and I don't know exactly where all that's coming from, but I still just have not seen any actual evidence of that happening as of yet. And again, Tibbs knows more than anybody. I don't think it takes like some sort of weird, hardcore stat-head analytics to realize that the team's better with Rubio on the floor mm-hmm. versus off the floor. 
And I don't think it takes some weird yeah. hardcore, like, you got to look in your spreadsheet to see that Chris Duncan hit the fucking broadside of a barn <laughs> with a jump shot, which, by the way, goes like 28 feet in the air before it comes down. Like, something's broken. It's unblockable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Except it hits the rafter every so often. Yeah. If yeah. the sky hook was shitty and far away, that's that's Dunn's jump it's a shot. Two handed twenty nine exactly. foot sky hook. So like that doesn't take a genius to understand that like that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. So in this new scenario, the sliding doors where he didn't get traded, I can just say to everybody else, you're all fucking crazy and we've been vindicated. I hope to God this yep. take two is the one that ends I like up this being. take. I feel so much better now. Yeah, and then, it seems like the right thing to do, doesn't it? It seems like a good, a good outcome. A good outcome. Take two feels better because we can laugh at Clarence more, which helps, although he's not going to pay any attention No, anyway. he's already fast-forwarded to yeah, yeah. the part where we talk about I, hockey. Couldn't I, don't, care less. I don't think Clarence listens to the podcast. No, no. No, there's no way. No. Uh, so that's... I think so his son does to make fun of him, though. <laughs> I think that's the one, good, just that's the one thing we have going for it is that uh, Clarence's son... You go into his son's room, and it's just like a beautiful mind with all our tweets pasted exactly. up around the room and just recordings and transcripts of all the stuff we said. Because he has yarn, you know, and he has revealed that his son roasts him on a constant <laughs> basis, which is just, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that that happens. I mean, we've broached this before, and it always comes off sounding creepy, but we got to get a direct line to that kid. We have we got to figure out how to contact that kid directly. We have got to show up at his elementary school. Yes, somehow. <laughs> Be like, hey, all three of your uncles are here. <laughs> Together. <laughs> and they all have look the, like you. They have literature from the Democratic Socialists <laughs> of America. They're all, I mean. they're all holding microphones. Why are they doing that <laughs> at a school? For no reason. They're not plugged into anything. They just feel more comfortable talking to each other with a microphone in their hand. Mm-hmm. If if Clarence hears this, he's immediately going to teach his son to shoot all of us on sight. Yeah. yeah I, all uh, right, here's a pistol for your backpack. You see any of these three men, <laughs> shoot them in the face. That would be a fairly appropriate way to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Shot, Shot by, by my Clarence's podcasting son. partner's son. Yep, that's about right. That would be one of those things people show up to my funeral that'd be like, and how did it Oh, oh! Right. It was a Rosemount Thursday. Murdered yep. by yeah, a, all right, I get it. By a child? It still <laughs> that makes more sense than I remember. I went. I maybe I've talked about it before, but I went snowmobiling like five years ago with a couple buddies, and I remember going down this. It was a wide open path, but it was late at night, and I was going like ninety, literally ninety miles an hour on my snowmobile. Yep. And the first thing I thought was, if I somehow just like get like an arm twitch. And catapult myself into the trees and die. It'd be like the most pathetic funeral of all time. Of like, how'd that guy die? Snowmobiling? He fucking hates snowmobiling and being outside in the winter, and he died doing it. Like, yeah. you should go out not <laughs> doing something you hate. A snowmobile. Yeah, exactly. that's how he went out. Oh, he hated. He went out doing what he hated. What he hated. Absolutely, the worst thing in the world. We should mention our. Our, our our podcast home here, Surly Brewing. We're at we're at Surly tonight. It's yep. less busy than the last time. You you can't hear rap music blasting into. It's true. Our, there's there's only a thousand people here rather than ten thousand than last time. I recommend I all of the complaining I did on the last podcast we did from Surly about the parking. And it whatever. was a confusing night because it was this. It, we're recording this on a Wednesday. It was also a Wednesday. Right. We looked at our there phones was a immediately. Game that night was it a hockey game? But yeah. there's no but it was TVs later, here. So, yeah, there's no TVs. Yeah, it's not like he can come no in people who had been pre-game and had left. So I really don't know what the ish was. We'll never know. We'll never know. There's randomly like lines of 50 people to get a drink on a Wednesday. And it's nicer out today than it was that Wednesday, True. wasn't it? It's like yep. 60 out right now. 
But I, I, what I wanted to mention was just to back up and say it's not always like that. It's very nice here tonight. You could come here. The food's yes. delicious. I've never had the food here, but you two both told me yes. the food is the food absolutely is ridiculous. wonderful. It's the kind of place you take people. Best chicken sandwich that I've ever, eat. ever had, ever. And they have delicious beer. The thing that I didn't know before I came here the first time, and this is probably preaching to everyone in the world who already knew this, but the thing that I didn't know is that it's not just like the 12 surly beers that you get on the shelf at the liquor store mm-hmm. that they have on tap here. It's not like you could just go to the liquor store and replicate this experience. Mm-hmm. they got all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's not being canned. It's just on we tap We have experimental here. stuff. Um, Exclusive. Like stuff that's, yeah, you know, we- not on shelves anymore that's just Exclusives. here in the beer hall. Yeah, Exclusives. We call yes, them Exclusives. Yep. Speaking of which, can I... Go to the bar. You guys can start talking about footy. I'll put in the yeah. beer order. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about footy. Yes, definitely. Okay, so I will take a hop footy. shifter, please. Hop a hop shifter is a six percent IPA. That's very good. Um, would you like another dark beer? Yeah, let's go with a dark um, beer. Bender, coffee bender, or another one of the dodgy. No, geezers. something weird. Something weird. Something weird. Okay, yeah. I'm on it. We're, okay. we're going to go with one of the. What do we say? Species. Exclusives. 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 It's called exclusives. That exclusives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm embarrassed. Well, that was anyway, a good that was a good Surly commercial. Yeah, I just wanted to give a plug to Surly because they're here and there's old people staring at us weirdly, but well, I think Surly that, is just letting us alone. I think the main reason we want to put in a plug for Surly, well, it's twofold. Number one, it's legitimately we are the official unsanctioned podcast. We're Surly, the officially but. unsanctioned. Uh, but number two, we you know just just hoping to get p- paid at some point. You know, <laughs> beyond Stu, Stu's we're getting paid. Yeah, we're. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We're trying to prove that we can do a commercial yeah, for your yeah, yeah. for your bar. A tryout. If if a bar owner is listening to this, okay. So we are done talking Rubio. Yep, that's enough Rubio for now. And again, it's six thirty at night on Wednesday, so we may come back to this in a half hour or so. In case if we see some sort of update, there'll I'm be a guessing, cut, and then you'll cut back, and it's just all of us sobbing with the microphones on the ground, just burning in the fire. Uh, I'm guessing we'll get multiple text messages if this happens. From Clarence. From Clarence, yes. Just absolutely blank text messages somehow. Blank tweets, blank text messages. He'll call our phones. There'll be letters waiting for us at the house. There'll be an announcement on the loudspeaker somehow. Yep. be all over the place. Yep. All right, let's move on to a, uh, another topic, John. I need, you to, I need you to help me out here because I'm really, really confused. Struggling. I'm struggling. As I understand it, Minnesota, Minneapolis in particular, a pretty big market, top 15 market in the country. Minneapolis, the, the metropolitan area, top 15 metropolitan area yep. in America. Yep. I have heard a rumor that they have gotten a 
soccer team, an official soccer team yep. in the MLS. Top division. Which, as I understand it, is the best division you could be in in the country. That's correct. That has other teams in other top 15 markets that are wildly successful teams. That, that's correct. Seattle gets how many people per match, do you think? Seattle averages close to 40,000 people per match. So that's take a Wolves game and a Wild game and then throw in like 10,000 more and a Saints right. game all together. So like double an NBA crowd or a bad college football team. Yep. Like Northwestern. Yes. That that's how popular... The MLS is in other in other similar markets. Uh, that's correct. Most most MLS. So Seattle's a big one. It's maybe Seattle not totally is the fair, number but, one attended yeah. team. But most teams play in stadiums that have twenty thousand seats or so. So we, if you look at percentage of capacity, they actually do reasonably well. They're not drawing sixty thousand people a match, but, because almost no one now plays in a stadium that would hold sixty thousand people. I'm reminded of a time when we had our friend Eric Durkee. Our good pal, yep, onto a podcast, and I made an offhand comment of like it'd be cool if it was as big as the Saints, and he and he reached across the table was and like, slapped you, he slapped you in the mouth. He's very nice. He probably just made us another handcrafted cocktail in his That's house because we were recording in his bachelor pad. Uh, he was very nice, but essentially he was like, in not so many words, Thanks, what the too. fuck are you talking about? Which one? Surly Stout is what I got. He was essentially like, it's way bigger than the Saints, you stupid asshole. That was what he meant to say. Yep, that's what he should have said. He that's didn't what say he that because said. he's nice, but that's what he should have said to you. But here's my counter-argument. No, it is not as big as the Saints right now. The league is starting in how many weeks? Two uh, weeks? Nine days. In nine days. Nine Are you days fucking kidding me? Nine days. The average sports fan... In this metro area, a big metro area, top 15 market, how many of them know the opening day to the first game of the MLS? I don't know. It's Let's go with 0%. <laughs> what the fucking fuck is happening, it John? Seems that is impossible. my question to you. I know that you're not on the team, so I shouldn't be directing this at you. For some, yeah. reason, I, I'm, for some reason, I'm blaming you. I don't know why. He is the voice of soccer. In He's the voice of soccer. Yep. You are... Uh, you are a top here on 104.7 KCLD. You're yep. If we're voice. talking <laughs> about actual media members, you're like top five most plugged in people. I'm the top five soccer writing media members who write freelance stories for the Star Tribune. Top five, yeah, top I mean, five. totally agree. That's top five. Totally agree. Top five on that list, not sure. top three. Top five. No. Um, I okay, and so that's the preamble of like I'm fucking confused that this is actually happening. The other one is I work in marketing um, for a company who does a lot of very targeted advertisements, right? So we we have very little mass media marketing whatsoever. Right. You don't see your company with just like a giant ad by blanket. No, and that's kind of how it's going to work in the future. But essentially we've got these, um, these things that are important to organization at Best Buy but aren't necessarily going to be seen by everybody and shouldn't be seen for everybody. And the way we sit when we're talking to people in the building is uh, this is an ad for, I'll just use a season that I work on back to school, and if we're talking to somebody who doesn't have a kid that's that age, we say, if you saw one of our ads, we fucked up, right? Right. Like, you shouldn't see one of our ads. You should be surprised. Okay. 
So using that knowledge to where I'm coming from, I am still fucking confused why I have not seen any marketing at all for the goddamn Minnesota <laughs> United Loons. Okay, you are, I am you are a very sports much, fan. Right. Okay. So there you go. So if we're doing targeting when when Durkee and his buddies, let's not let's put not let's not Durkee. let's not, let's not Durkee. Durkee's PR. No, not so let's the marketing people. We love our sweet Eric, who are sh- who I'm sure are very smart. And, and are very well intentioned. Are you sure of that? I'm not. How I'm, sure are you? I'm just that? wondering if maybe they're listening. I just want to let you guys know. I'm in marketing. I understand it's a challenge. But here's the thing. So we're going to take like just a, we're going to take everybody in the market is, is, uh, is a number we're going to work with, like a million people, right? Right. And they go, we don't want to have our marketing go to a million people. That's a waste of money. Let's just take sports fans. Okay. Well, we dialed it into a few hundred thousand people. And like from there, let's take people who are within the area that could drive to a game. Sure, that's a good in idea. the market. So now we're going to be down even further, and then it's like, well, sports fans who are in the market, and let's also go to um, people who are probably willing to go to a soccer game. So you're probably skewing younger, skew a little bit younger. Yeah, uh, probably have a fair amount of disposable income to go to a sports game. Right. Maybe even have kids who are interested in soccer. That'd be another way to get interest. Right. So now we're really dialed into the right people and the target. I am in the fucking target. Like, that's me. You're talking about me. Urban Poochie. All I do is spend my money on red and white scarves. Unicycles. And baguettes that I put (laughs) in the front basket of my bicycle, and I ride around. I am the soccer target, and I haven't seen shit at all. And I'm wondering why on earth this is happening. This is a huge thing. This is a really, like, undeniably... Like, there was, again... More buzz when the goddamn Saints started playing here than there is for the MLS. And those are not comparable things. No, those are not comparable. This should be like when, I guess the Wild are a bad comparison because of the love of hockey that's inherent in Minnesota. Sure. But this should at least be like the Timberwolves. And we were all... Or the Lynx, even. This is an exciting thing. This is a new professional team in a major sports league. And I cannot tell you the number of people out there who are like... Uh, does uh, does Minnesota have a team? They had a team last year, right? Yeah. Do they have a team this year? Like an MLS? MLS is... Right. That's what... Well, that's a good a one. I've heard year? of that. Yeah. Where are they playing? How can that be a thing? It's, I, it's strange because the last couple of years, it seems like the front office has been heading in the right direction, while the te- product on the field has struggled a little bit against that. For a long time, for, for years and years... They were sort of a small-budget team that had a skeleton crew running it, and so anything they could get, any marketing they could get was over and above what they expected. And to be to credit to those people who worked for the skeleton crew in about 2011, 2012, they did a great job getting attention from the media or whatever just to get somebody to notice that we had a soccer team. But the last couple of years, they for the first time in a, in a long time, they had sort of a professional front office staff. They got the MLS team. They were in competition in... More or less with the Minnesota Vikings, who also wanted to have a team. This, the group won out, and it seemed like things were going well in the front office, whereas on the field, they weren't going so well. Now, this preseason, everything on the field is going okay. They built a pretty good team. They brought in a number of guys from outside of where you might expect. I don't, earlier this year, people were saying, ah, oh, they might be the worst team in MLS history. I don't think that's true now. I think they'll probably, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but... I, I would be somewhat surprised if they finished last in the Western Conference. But we're crossing that out as an excuse of, like, yep. they're such a fucking disaster of a team. Why so, would you sink money into this team? It's, it's not that. It's just odd that 
things seem to be going well with the coaching staff and with assembling a roster. They've done it on the cheap so they can build for the future. It's not like they just went out and spent enormous amount of a money, uh, enormous amount of money getting a bunch of big name players. They didn't do that. They they seem like they're well set up on the field, but off the field, it seems like it's a complete disaster. I don't, you don't, you don't hear much about the team. You don't see the marketing. If you are complaining that you haven't seen anything, would you even know much about the MLS team if you didn't do a podcast with me every week? No. If I didn't know you and didn't do a podcast, no, I would have no idea. Is Dana even into him? I mean, Dana, I our know. friend, is. Oh, he hasn't said much about him. He doesn't seem like he's... No. no. He, I, I mean, mean it, it, how can Dana not be like your number one reach evangelist? Out, just, he loves soccer. He loves a soccer team. He is the most enthusiastic person on earth. It's just, just the easiest thing to be on your side. Go into work tomorrow, marketing VP for the United. Send an email to your team and say, uh, let's meet in two hours. In the meantime, research people who give a shit about soccer in this market. Right. And let's go and meet. And then you go in your meeting and you get it down to a list of like 50 people. And there's a picture of Dana Wessel on the wall. It's a picture of Dana <laughs> picture of and his friends. On the wall. It's, our, it's, it's basically our friends, right? These 50 yes. people give a shit about it and they're like fairly public figures or have a good following or whatever. Right. We're going to invite them all down. We're going to give them a shitload of free food and free beer and have them talk and get a tour and just be like, you guys are who we care about as fans. Go do that. And it's just all of your marketing issues are solved. It's little Done. stuff like today they played a preseason game against Toronto. It was up in Toronto. They announced very late in the game, not like weeks ago, like two days ago. They were like, oh, yeah, you can stream the game on MNUFC.com, our, our website. And then like an hour before the game today, their Twitter feed's like, uh, it turns out you can't stream it on our site. Go to Toronto's site. <laughs> God. You can stream it on Toronto's site. And it's like, what? How is this possible? Did no one think until two hours ago that, like, oh, we should probably, people would probably really like to watch our preseason game. Marketing is not rocket science by any means. Just gotta work. It's not hard. I know there are people who would love to be in the marketing department at United. I'm sure there are very smart people there. There's something going on that we're not understanding. I don't They're understand working. What's They're definitely going on. working. Like, they go to their jobs and do shit, and they have, have an office. They have to tell their boss what they're doing, so everyone works when they go to work. Uh, there's, they have no money for some reason. They're expecting no turnout. They're saving it for, I don't know. I, I kept thinking for a while of like, well, they're, they're probably going to, it's maybe so new where they don't want to put a bunch of money into the marketplace three months before the season or six months because people are going to forget about it. Right. We're fucking nine days from the very beginning. <laughs> It's just, it's mind-boggling. The thing I was thinking about today, it's sort of interesting because they're coming into the league at the same time as Atlanta, the other expansion team. And the difference between Atlanta and Minnesota is that Atlanta did not have a pre-existing franchise. There's all new people in the the market. Exactly. Minnesota, Minnesota has been on the field every year since 1990. I thought, when we were coming into this expansion thing, I thought... This is perfect for Minnesota. They could not be in a better scenario. They have a team already on the field. They have an existing front office. They know how to market soccer. They know how to reach soccer fans. They can start trying out players for next year's team with this year's team. They will have such an advantage, it's almost unfair to Atlanta. 
and it's gone absolutely the opposite way. There are people talking about Atlanta like they, they might be a contender in the Eastern Conference. How did they do this? They, they just they care? They hired smart people, ah. and they have spent money. They have Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, his money behind them. Minnesota is sort of doing it on the cheap. They Having a front office in place doing soccer stuff didn't seem to do anything for Minnesota. They ended up with a different coach this year than they had last year. It just it seemed to me that they had an enormous advantage, and they've not only squandered it and ended up even, they've squandered it and then tripped and fallen down and ended up behind somehow. And I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Even if you just look at ticket sales, Minnesota is, there was something in the paper the other day about how they're expecting to sell 35,000 tickets for the home opener, which sounds like a lot except you look at the expansion teams from recent years. Orlando drew 62,000 for their first home game. Good God. New York City playing in Yankee Stadium, 43, and I realize that's New York City, and right. you can get half of, half of 1% of the fans and still have 300,000 people, but... You have to go back to, like, Philadelphia drew, I think, 34,000 for their home opener. And that was six years ago when soccer was even less popular than it is now. Meanwhile, Atlanta is playing the first half of their season at Georgia Tech, which has 55,000 seats. The second half of their season in the Falcons' new stadium, which has 40,000 seats. I think it'll be interesting to see if Atlanta's average attendance this year is higher than any Minnesota United game. I wouldn't be surprised if that was true. And let's remember, Atlanta is... An awful sports town. An awful sports town. No one gives a shit about anything. The very, very worst. I just, I can't, I can't understand what's going on. I can't wait for the season to start so I can complain about the team instead. Do we know what's up with parking or not parking? The parking lot tailgating situation at campus. Is there like a there? There was an uproar when the university when it came out that they would not Mm -hmm. allow tailgating. And everyone in the this was like the one thing. Even Roycey that noticed out. that. Even Roycey was angry about this and wrote angry articles about the mm. university not allowing. This is their only way to get buzz. Mm. Yeah. Shitty news. Mm. So then somebody said, "Oh, the university might be working with them to provide a solution or something like that." Which I, the university working to provide a solution might have something in place by the time the season's over. So we'll see. I've heard there's other other businesses around that are going to try to come up with solutions that'll let you. At least drink, if not tailgate. So, mm-hmm. it, but it's going to be very much not a you're paying to park in the university's exorbitantly expensive parking and tailgating there like it should be. They have all the parking lots that are next door to the stadium, and as of right now, you can't tailgate there, which was like the most fun thing about Minnesota United. Games. Yeah, just go to Blaine, to Blaine. Pull, there was pull, all this space pull up the hibachi. Park. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. What? Uh, how many home games are there this there are year? Seventeen home games plus possibly a handful of others. Mm-hmm. How many of those seventeen will you be attending? I have tickets to. Let me think. I have tickets to five of them. I wouldn't be surprised if I went to others. How many do you think I should take my five-year-old to? I think you should take him to one in about May or June when it's nice out, and see if he likes. What is the season uh, span? What months again? Uh, the first game is in March. The last game, the last home game, I think, is in October. Wow. Possibly early It's November. a long season. Seven months? It's a long season. It's a long season. How many games do they play? What What is their frequency of games typically? They play 34 games, and they play pretty much once a week. Just they about once a week? They play more than one in a week. Why is that? <laughs> this is... 
this is something I have Bunch gone of on. European pussies? Is I that the problem? I have gone on a long time in print about this. The thing about Major League Soccer is everyone talks about how arduous the travel is, which is, I mean, it's true compared to, like, a European league. It's not just, like, England where you can get in the car and be anywhere in the country in five hours. It's you got to fly all the way across the country. Uh-huh. But every sports league does that. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a problem. But here's the thing about Major League Soccer. For only a handful of flights every year does the league allow you to take a charter flight. Otherwise, you have to fly commercial. Ah, that's a bummer. It, it, yeah, that's no fun. It it makes it, it, I'm not saying it makes it impossible to travel, because obviously it's possible to get on a commercial airplane and go to a game. That's not the problem here. But it's, it, it seems like an easy fix to say, all right, we're going to take charter flights, and also we're going to play during the middle of the week more often than we do now. We're going to do it eight, nine times a year. Because the other thing that makes me mad is they have specific weekends that are set aside for international games, like the United States versus Jamaica or whatever. Yeah. Almost every league in the world does not play on those dates, except for Major League Soccer, which insists on playing during those dates because otherwise they can't fit all the games in because they don't want to play in the middle of the week. And the other thing they want to do is they want to take a week where they have the All-Star game, which is meaningless. And they want to have playoffs at the end of the year, which takes up seven weeks or six weeks out of the possible schedule. Because they like having those playoff games because it's easier to sell them to advertisers and it's easier to put them on television. And so so you you could do a number of things to shorten the season a little bit and not have to play on those those FIFA weekends. Well, it's just so long between games. It doesn't seem... It seems like a bummer. Okay, so in your in your wildest dreams in five years, what does the MLS look like? In Minnesota? In general. Like, what's their frequency? What's the ideal scenario? In the ideal scenario, I think they would have about the same length of season, but okay. they would play in the middle of the week more often, so they wouldn't have to play on international dates. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I think... So you think every a game every four or five days, whatever, once a week is, I is fine? I think playing mostly every weekend and then sometimes in the middle of the week, that seems fine to me. Okay, it's not That's like what, basketball or hockey where you want them to play three, four days a week. Right. It's too taxing physically? I don't, I don't think there's any value in doing that in basketball or hockey. Like, I would be perfectly fine if the NBA season was 20 games shorter. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> True. Thanks, Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be fine if the NHL season was 20 games shorter. Sure. You monster. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got Mr. Puck right in front of you. Wait till the studio goes to geez. get a beer before anyway, you start I've proposing. Been talk- I've been talking for what, about six hours about the loons right now? No, so. it wasn't as long as you think. That's a no. good rule in podcasting is it's never as long as you think when you're talking. Um, okay, well, I'm glad it's not just me that's uh, unbelievably confused at the marketing rollout of this organization. Stu, how how are you feeling about? It? I have no earthly idea. I have, I just I'm. You're I, not I, the target, right? I, I share your concern. I don't quite know what's happening. It seems like there should be more going on. I don't get the whole university aspect of it, and like it seems like the kind of thing that they should have worked out long yeah. before it got to this point. I badly want them to succeed, which is another yes, problem. I don't like, think anyone's like anti absolutely. soccer here. I mean, be so we fun. Want, we want it's. Do you have tickets to Blame, games yet? I do not have tickets to games yet, but I've got connections. So. Stu oh, knows yeah. guys who I know, knows I know guys. guys who know guys. So, yeah. And, I mean, it's just it's so fun. It's fun. It's a good time. Yeah. It's, it, they're fun games to go to. 
they're over in two hours. Yeah. It's not like That's a college huge. football game where it's like, well, it's an 11 a.m. game. I should be home by 4.30. I can't imagine getting to a college football game as it starts and then staying until after the game is over. That, to me, is fucking madness. Pick one. Yeah. Like, get there in the second quarter and stay. Or go right away and leave at halftime and go to Stub at Herbs and, and don't get, get me wrong. shit-faced. I love going for football, but it's like, if it's an 11 a.m. game or a 2.30 game, it's like, well, that's, that's, that's your day. day. That's yep. all I'm doing today. There should be some sort of law about the length of some of these games. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's be done with let's the Let's be done loons. with the loons. Okay. Not, not with the podcast. I want to keep talking. Okay. All right. Oh, I wanted to do a quick brag. Uh, Stu and I. Stu. Was there anybody talking about this gopher basketball team besides you and me at the beginning of this season? Is anybody? Not that I know of. Not that I don't think. Um, I, I think, um, uh, well, the coach did. You and me and Lil Richie. Lil, Lil Richie did. But the yeah, three of us. That's about it. Yeah. So. I mean, that's kind of. I will say you guys said to me about ten games ago, you should watch this team. Right? And I laughed at you. And then they went out and lost their next five games. But and then I they won their game. They feeling good. But then they started winning, and it actually was fun. John only feels good when they when teams are losing. Yeah, they somehow won every game in like overtime. five in a row in overtime, like by one point. Last uh, week we were podcasting during the Indiana game where they missed a potential game winner and then got the rebound. And somehow it made it. That's and right. It was like, this is awesome. Yeah. That was really fun. We should do this again sometime. I, well, I was talking to a friend, a buddy of mine, who knows more about sports than I do. Um, and has watched more Gophers than I do, and I was saying I feel like they've gotten very lucky because they have had so many, like... Yeah. And he said not as much as you think because they've also had a lot of close losses exactly. that were all uh, sort of the other side of the Every coin. Every so played makes, has been decided by yeah. three people. Yeah. Yeah. The losing streak yeah. and the winning streak have sort of balanced each other kind of, out yeah, in the luck category. But as of now, and again, it's February 22nd, um, they're in the tourney, baby. Yeah. We got it. Wins. We're there. They're so they gotta be I in. feel like they made it. Or they're the NIT favorites again this year. Incredible, though. What Familiar a territory for the Minnesota Gopher Familiar basketball territory. team. Just a friendly so reminder. Of my greatest Gopher basketball memories involved the National Invitation. Uh, yeah. Uh, John Leonard and Vincent Greer owned that fucking tournament. We all know that. And the time Zombo got to the first game of the NIT and Clem Haskins sent him into the game and he tore off his warm-up and discovered he didn't have his jersey on <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> um. They were 8-23 last year, I think. Yeah. And it didn't feel that good. We were shitting on little Richard, and I feel as like there's a little bit possible, of a, yeah. As great a height as possible. Yep. I want to say he's a millennial, but he is, there are, there are a few exceptions of people where, like, your age is so different from your, like, personality and demeanor, <laughs> where it's like, okay, you're a baby boomer. Yep, that's you're not You're not a millennial. I, I know you. He's a legacy. He's not a millennial. He's 31 years old or 32 or 3 or something. He's young. I wonder young. if he is actually younger than I am. I think he's about, a, I think he's a year or two younger than us. All right. And you're a little bit younger than me. I'm 36. Yep, I right. think he's probably 34 at this point. Um, but he's got, like, old man hair. Yep. Every time I hear him on the radio, he's got old man voice. Like, yeah, he is his dad. He's basically fifty-seven he's years just old. Just slimy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, just a quick brag. I want to do a quick brag on Gopher hoops. I'm really That's proud. Good. I'm really proud of Stu and I. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's time to get excited about Gopher hoops for serious. It's time to get excited about Gopher hoops. But what, one thing I did not realize uh, is that I didn't. 
I didn't understand until I was reading an article on The Ringer today um, about how bad the Big Ten is this year. Were you aware of I how wasn't aware shitty of the Big Ten is? Like, Northwestern's yeah. like a legitimate contender. That's how good. Is Northwestern going to make the tournament? It sounds like it. Oh, that's they a, might. That's real I know Illinois blew their doors off last night, but I have no idea how good Illinois is. Here is an excerpt that I pulled out from TheRinger.com. Mark Titus. Well, we got an excerpt here. Indiana, which was ranked number three in the AP poll in November, will likely miss the NCAA tournament and just might close the season on a nine-game losing streak. Oh, Tom Crean. Michigan State, which was ranked in the preseason top 15, has been plagued by injuries and hampered by inexperience and could still somehow make the NCAA tournament despite being a truly terrible basketball team. Wisconsin and Maryland both boast impressive records, both 22-5. and five. That become less impressive once you realize that they have zero combined wins over top 20 opponents. Oh, man. Michigan's defense is horrible. Minnesota's offense is worse. Illinois is bad at everything. And Ohio State finishes every game finding a new way to shoot itself in the dick. (laughs) End quote. Big Ten basketball. That's Big Ten basketball this year. I did not realize how bad they were, so that's incredible to me. And usually usually when this happens... The Big Ten gets five teams into the NCAA tournament, all of which make the Sweet 16, having played two games that finished 47 to 41. Right. Just absolutely ugly anti-basketball. And, it, and that's another part of the Ringer article from Mark Titus that he wrote about is, like, the Big Ten has been aesthetically unpleasing for our lifetimes. Yep. Yes. It's existence. And the it Bo has Ryan not effect. changed. What no, the no. fuck? It's, it still is just guys... Putting their head down, putting yep. the ball under their arm. It's and dad ball. It is, it is like a, a dad ball college oh. basketball league. It absolutely is. Uh, why does that not change? I don't know. It's the it's the whitest league in the country. It by is. Far. It's dad, even it's more, YMCA. It's, it's somehow even whiter than the Ivy League. Than the what? Than the Ivy League. <laughs> it's, you're not wrong. Yikes. It's just... <laughs> Very yikes, baby. Just dads in headbands exactly. running into each other and refusing to call fouls. Shooting mid, mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper that clangs off the goddamn back rim. <laughs> the news that the long two is a bad shot has not yet made it to the Big Ten. No, they'll figure it out at some point. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, Major League Baseball unveiled a change. They're looking to improve the game and cut out some time. And the what they did was... Ever. They decided that you don't have to throw four balls for an intentional walk. Oh, did they actually make that change? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's a good change. It's five seconds a game at most. It's like 30 seconds a game. But it only, only happens once every six games, so it ends <laughs> up being five seconds per game. We only do it because one time a season across all of baseball, some pitcher throws a wild pitch on an intentional walk, and it's hilarious. Yeah. That's all the benefit you get from not just putting guys on first base. I'm still mad that nobody has taken my idea of a six-man lineup into consideration. I don't get it. Why can't that be a thing? It's perfect. So if you have three guys on and two guys get out, your next guy has to come home at some point, and then he gets yeah. to bat again. You only yeah. have six people in the lineup. Then you have three designated fielders, pitcher Catcher. and two awesome defenders. Nice as Probably catcher, and then like the most acrobatic shortstop that the game has ever seen. You could have one of those on every fucking team. Pedro Florimond's career still could be going if this was happening. Yes, exactly. Six man lineup. Six. Yep. I think it's great, but I mean, I also um, one, a game is official at the five inning mark, right? Yep. Five inning games. Boom. 
The end. Got the end. Steve just dropped. dropped his mic. There. We saved about a 1,000 kids' arms right now doing that. And now you get the – you don't have to have a 47-man pitching staff nope. anymore. You can actually have an actual bench now. Yep. Which I guess is not that exciting if you're the seventh guy off the bench. I think that you're now the team's seventh outfielder. That's good, but it still three. results in no. We need we need the ball in the in play. Like we need action. We need things going on. How about only eight fielders? All right. How about no catcher? You just have a bucket <laughs> of balls when you pitch. Yeah, I like that. How about four outs per inning, but only three innings? Or some math. The math doesn't work out there. No. That's, that's a really terrible idea. Oh, that's uh, a terrible idea. Three, <laughs> three Stu's, balls, two Stu's strikes. Stu's no-catcher idea was met with enthusiasm. Well, My I just idea thought it'd be it works uh, totally. It totally works. If you do no-catcher, then you have to have no umpire. So then you could get rid of that and you have robot umpires. It's great. Oh, I love robot umpires. So we've talked, uh, I think we may have talked about this in the past, but I, I think there's like a wiffle ball league where like if they, there's like a, a thing behind the plate where if you hit it, it like yeah, makes a the noise. Chair. And like... So imagine if you went to that league and were like, hey, take that out, and we're going to have actual people, and then a guy just judging, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're taking our robot ump away, and you're making us have a... No. You're going to no. make the system more inherently yeah, flawed. That's why would stupid. you do that? You would never that do that. No, you're going to make it worse. So that shows why you should have yep. robot umpires, because behind, if we had them, you would never, plate, ever go the other way. Yeah. Instead of a catcher, and behind the plate, you could just have a set of sticks sticking out of the ground. We could call them stumps. And they, yeah. if you hit those, then the guy would be out. Oh, like it, like it. Yeah. Imagine if you had robot umpires now and somebody tried to propose human umpires and they just had to go and talk to fans of baseball and mm-hmm. say, like, the human element over and over and over. It would be like yeah. one of these GOP town halls that have been happening yep. lately where people are just like, fuck, no, just screaming at the top of their lungs. The important thing about this is it'll, it'll be worse and no better in any way. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. That's how that works. Uh, all right, so we're done with uh, baseball. I just wanted to point that out. Okay. John, uh, also, uh, you pointed out uh, when we were doing a little bit of chatting offline that wild, w- is this a joke? Bi- they're on a bye week? Yeah. They, what is that they, supposed to mean? They have five days off, randomly, in the middle of the season. They have a bye week. So this is not an actual, like, no, sanctioned bye week. No, this is an actual week. thing that they've introduced this year. Oh, Jesus. That NHL teams are going to have a period of time off in the middle of the season to rest and recuperate and try to get a little healthy. Deal with their ouchies. Exactly. What the, the season's fuck, long enough dude? The way it is. We don't need a bye week. I don't understand. As we talk about the NHL every single week, and I generally pay attention, and I still don't really understand much of anything that's going on in the NHL. Right. Another There's a lot of randomness in the NHL. You need to understand. So that. weird. Yeah, I feel like they'll play four games in a week. And then be off for a week. And, then they just and they'll have the eleven home games in a row. And then like the Olympics will happen. <laughs> and it's just fucking confusing the scheduling. The thing about the NHL, and this is true of a lot of sports, but I feel like the NHL is the top one in America. You really have to like the NHL to like the NHL. Yeah, it's kind of like your dumbass family member. Exactly. Who you're like? It's your drunk uncle. You gotta really love. Uncle, Uncle Phil is not. You gotta love Uncle Phil. You don't see that there's like moments when you're not around that he's pretty charming and funny. Everybody else has left. Before they went into the break, um, I know they had a game against the uh, Blackhawks, their rival Chicago Blackhawks last night. 
um, and they lost. Um, how happy is your brother? <laughs> uh, it's, I think it's hard to say. It's hard to say because they have to stew on this loss for five days now. I think and think about their inadequacies. He's looking at the TV and just just screaming regression to the mean. Exactly. No yeah. one loves regression more than Dave Marthaler. Dave would like Dave would like nothing more than the Wild to win the Stanley Cup. But if they couldn't win the Stanley Cup, I don't think he would mind if they lost every game and he got to punch you in the face. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's probably a close second. That seems about right. Yeah, yeah. that's a close second. Um, if we can't win, we must regress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a guy on Twitter named Dave Lozo. I don't know if either of you follow him. He's a hockey I've, dude, isn't he? He's I've a hockey dude. Tweets. He made the point that if you, because I think we've talked before, the only time, I mean, typically we talk hockey, we basically just throw it over to John and Clarence and let them have at it. And yeah. or, or we make fun of and them. Me. Or Puck. we troll them for just anything that we could for possibly fun, troll yes. them for no matter what. Um, but when we ever do engage in hockey, we talk about how fucking stupid the point system is. Yep. It's the dumbest thing in the, the world. Dumbest thing it's in the world. Dumb. Um, and I find myself like starting to care about hockey and then it goes into overtime and I see the oh it's a shoot and they I got go a oh, fuck they got a is, point. this is why I don't pay attention yep. to hockey. Anyway, so the standard I think come back to that is like it's super easy just three points for a regular win right right and a two and then one or whatever yep dave's point is my friend dave classic dave lozo, dave. Dave lozo. Yep. yep um i started following him like nine minutes ago anyway right. dave's point is friend. that actually that would make hockey worse because if you had the potential of losing three points in regular time You'd become the most conservative team known to man, mm-hmm. and it would make hockey terrible again. Does that make sense to you? That's that does actually make some sense to me. Yeah, he's a pretty smart guy. So that's a bummer. So back to square one. I, I we mean, should still go back to the other ideas that we had that were great, which was multi puck, Olympic sized ice, multi puck, yep, multi puck, three on three, goal, three on three, uh, no goalie equipment, right? Defensemen can't have skates. Or sticks, uh, hockey innings, and uh, oh, uh, and then uh, frictionless skates. Yep. So if we do all eight of those, think those of how are, cool of a game that would be. And move all of the warm weather, uh, move all the warm weather teams <laughs> to Canadian province, like you yep. know. Yeah, Nashville doesn't have a team anymore. Nashville goes to Medicine. Sorry, Hat. eleven people in Nashville yep. who give a shit. You're in Manitoba now. Tam- yeah, Tampa goes to like you know Flin Flon. It's all good. Good old Flin Flon. Thunder Bay, Pickle they get a team. Gets all, a team. Okay. I think, again, we've improved the game, and that's yeah. all you ask for. Gary Bettman, you, you have our numbers. Yes. Just sad. Sucks. It's really what sad. What are you going to do? We try. God all knows right. we try. So, okay, last uh, last thing, and let's, then let's get the hell out of here. Um, so the Grammys were a few weeks ago. We've already given our breakdown. Clarence had his heartfelt apology to Beyonce last episode. Yes. So if anybody's listening now that didn't listen to the last episode, I had scroll through about to an hour, and you can hear Clarence's mea culpa to Beyonce. And I think um, if he's on next week, he'll apologize to the Dixie Chicks, which is... Yes. Yeah. Again, so, okay. yeah. So we're, we're, his apology tour is on Long going. overdue. Long the overdue. Dixie Chicks. Yes. They didn't deserve that. No, they didn't. Um, so anyway, uh, before the Grammys happened... 
we did a preview episode, and it may have, was it just me and Stu at this I point? I think it was just you guys. It was just me and Stu. Yeah. And, uh, and so we call them the Numies, uh because Stu's last name is Newman, and he listens oh, to... Oh, I get that now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you yeah. know. <laughs> um, and he listens to more music than everybody else, so we called them the Numies just for fun. Um, the Oscars are coming up, which is the movie show. The, the movie version of the Numies. But none of us really the watches movie movies, newbies. so yes. I don't know what movie newbies. Is that what we're going to call I it? I think so. That really flows off the tongue. The movie newbies. The moon nooms. I've already shortened it. Move nooms. Move nooms. Move the nooms. nooms. Okay. <laughs> yep, that'll work. So the, the, move, the Oscars are coming up, and, and so we wanted to talk about the move nooms. The only issue is we're a bunch of sad, pathetic dads. Yep. And one of the first things to go... So when you become a dad, mm-hmm. the first thing... To go is sex, probably, like, uh, with other people. <laughs> yes. With other that, people besides that, your that is the, No, no. With other, with mean, other human beings besides yourself. <laughs> besides yourself. All right. Uh, so that's the first thing to go. Uh, number two is either movies or concerts, I would say. You probably just, yep. just yeah. choose things one of those two of, like, things you do. Yeah, yes. leaving the house. You still do dinners and date nights and that sort of stuff, but... But for sure, you talk to any parent, and one of those two things are gone. Like, I still go to concerts, but I don't go to movies. Mm-hmm. I still go to movies, but I don't go to concerts. Whatever. So the point is, again, a lot of preamble to say that my guess is, we haven't talked about this offline, y'all haven't seen a whole lot of the movies this year. I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive of this. I'm pretty sure I saw one movie in the theater during okay. all of 2017. So we're going to first, I'm going to first go over the actual Oscars. Okay. All right. And then we will go around and talk about our move nooms. All right. Move nooms. Mm-hmm. And so, so this, uh, okay, so these are the actual Best Picture nominees. Okay. Arrival. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Arrival, I think, uh, I've seen the preview. The aliens, right? Uh, this Amy is uh, Space Amy, Monsters. Right? Amy Space Adams Monsters. bonding with Space Monsters. Ooh. Yes. Pass. Uh, movie number two, Fences. Didn't see it. Is it about Fences? Uh, it's about Denzel Washington. It's by St. Uh, Paul playwright August Wilson. August that's all Wilson, I got for you. Uh, who was a famous fence yes. builder. One of us. He and uh, so it's Denzel building a shitload of fences. Yes. All right. And going through... Uh, what I assume is trials and/or tribulations. Yep. yep. Uh, number three is Hacksaw Ridge, which is a wrestler. Hacksaw? A wrestler. Yeah. Hacksaw from Ridge. The WCW. I think it's the yeah. It's the story of Hacksaw Ridge and his sort of journey through WWE. Yep. He had a two by four, but he, he was didn't a heel. Then he did a face turn. Then he figured out face turn. Now he's a baby kind face. Of back and forth, and I think he's still alive, yes. but I don't know for sure. He might I be feel smart, like he's still alive. Right? He might be a smart. I don't know. I'm almost positive Hacksaw Ridge uh, campaign for Donald Trump. I'm pretty sure I've seen that. That sounds right. Very, very possible. Okay, so number four is Hidden Figures. Oh, that's the space math uh, one. Space ladies. Space math. Space lady math. But not alien monsters and Amy Adams. Nope. This is the the black ladies that helped put things into space and didn't get any credit for it. Yeah. Because 1960s white America was just that bad. Oh, also 2010's White America. Oh, yeah, and also... Still, just yeah, that bad. 2017? Yes, Not also, yeah. Great. Regress. <laughs> the least controversial thing in the world, a.k.a. black women are great members of our society, has somehow had to become like an actual movie statement. we have to, yeah, yes. we have to actually become a thing. Yep. 
God damn it. Ugh. America. Uh, La La Land, which is a, a musical, musical with Ryan musical. Gosling and... Uh, baby Goose. And, uh, and Emma Stone. Emma Stone. A movie that I fucking hated. And oh, you yet, saw it? And yet have not seen. Oh, okay. Okay. Is it, about, no is it about Los Angeles and how Probably. great it is? Probably. And Hollywood. I assume it'll land. be the best no costume idea. design. I, I'm just assuming it's the worst movie that's ever happened. Sounds right. To me, I just have assumed it's been like Crash with music. Probably right. <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> All right. Uh, another movie named Lion. Wait a sec. How many nominees do they have for Best they've, Picture? They've you added. can have as many as you want now, I think. Oh, really? It's like up to ten. Yep. Right. So Lion... Which all I know is lions. is it's I think lions? it's a yeah. I assume it's probably narrated by Morgan Freeman. Yeah, no, the literal lion narrated it. Manchester by the Sea, which is starring Casey Affleck and directed by Kenneth, and I don't know his last name. I have never said it out loud. Lonergen or Lonergen or something. Lonergen. Uh, quick tip for the, I guess, uh, our parents who are still listening. Nobody else is listening, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth Lonergan uh, wrote and directed a movie years ago called You Can Count on Me. And, uh, it was really good. Laura Linney was in it. Mark Ruffalo, right. it was sort of his whatever. Yes, the Ruffalo. It was Buffalo. really good. It was yes. fucking awesome. It, it was, was really, really good. time, one of my favorite movies ever. I fucking love You Can Count on Me. Honestly, legitimately, I think a lot of people, everybody would enjoy it. Great, great, great movie. You Can Count on Me. Anyway, his new movie is called Manchester by the Sea. I'm pretty sure this haven't is a tearjerker. You haven't seen that one either? It's about Manchester City, the soccer team. Manchester City. Manchester uh, by the Sea. They go and uh, have a players-only meeting by the sea. Right. Yes. And this is in, the result like of the that. funny Oasis Brothers accent that you have to have. It's all got subtitles. Yeah. Liam yeah. Gallagher's there. They're speaking Fucking English, hell. but it's in subtitles. Yeah. And Oy. then uh, the last one is called Moonlight, which... With, like, Dave and Maddie? And I know nothing I about. Elise Beasley as Mr. Pesto? That's the one about yeah. the, the Boston yeah. Globe. No, that's Spotlight. Spotlight, which was a pretty this good movie. Different it's movie. all right. Yeah, this is uh, on... Uh, Haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. I'll, I do know, though... Sounds French. That it, uh, that it got in... They all got pretty good reviews. Some of them didn't get great, but I'm pretty sure Moonlight is the best reviewed, according to Rotten Tomatoes of the year. So I would everybody say... Everybody loves Moonlight. Everybody loves Moonlight. It is. So I would that start will with win. Okay. But La La Land will win. So now we're going to move on to the move nooms. The move nooms. Um, I'm going to start. So I went to Rotten Tomatoes and I looked at the top 100 movies of 2016. 100 of them. I've seen five. (laughs) That's impressive. (laughs) Which I'm guessing I may have more than you, John. Yeah, it sounds like it. And in order of my favorite, I'm going to say these are my five. One is a movie called Edge of Seventeen. Sounds like your daughter might like it. It's about Stevie Nicks. Uh, It's about the making of Edge of Seventeen, the movie, the song. No, it's not. It's uh, legitimate. Pickles. It's a. It's your sort of misunderstood team team drama comedy sort of thing. Stars Woody Harrelson and a few others. It's fine. Number four on my list uh, was called Everybody Wants Some, Richard Linklater. I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Haven't confused seen it. Confused Guys. Pretty good movie. Yep. Really fun. It's uh, it's opening. Slacker. It's the, it's the first week. Yeah, that guy. Before Sunset, before Sunrise, movie. whatever. Um, it's, it Is it as good as Days of Confused? Be, it's worse than Days of Confused. Okay. It could not be possibly more up my alley. It was a movie that was made for me, mm-hmm. Brandon Broxy, the person. It's about... 
For one, it's Richard Linklater, who I think is great. It's about a baseball team. Oh, man. And their first weekend of all getting to know each other, and there are scenes at a baseball diamond and parties, and, like, my college life happened in this movie. Oh, But fine. anyway, there wasn't enough where it was super unbelievably this good. Was it was still just four. This is my number Boy, four. What is number one through three? Number three Movies was The Nice Guys. Uh, I don't know if you've seen The Nice Guys. Oh, that Russell Crowe. the cop one. Uh, yeah, and Ryan Gosling. It's pretty fucking I'll, funny. I'll, I'll add to it when it's my turn. So. All right, so that's my number three. My number two, uh, God damn it! I actually didn't rank him before I started looking at this list. I guess I'm going to go with High or High Water. Um, that was the bank robbery country folk movie. With Chris Pine and a few others. Okay. Um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff really Bridges. good. Hell or High Water is a super good movie. All right. And number one is probably um, not on a whole lot of people's list, but I watched this movie this year called Hunt for the Wilder People. It was a movie um, based in New Zealand, sort of a runaway orphan kid mm-hmm. who got matched up with uh, foster parents and didn't want to be there. He was a teenager. Uh, sort of misunderstood, 15-year-old, whatever, and it has to, and it's really about the bond of the dad, um, the foster dad or whatever, and kind of their, them trying to bond with each other. It's got this super balancing act of, like, dramatic and really serious and also, like, quirky, zany, over-the-top, ridiculous, funny. It doesn't happen very often. So, so it's that's a movie my about movie. a dad and a son? Wouldn't you know I'm into that sort of movie? Did you cry? That's gonna happen. Crazy, right? I did not cry. No, it's more it's more comedy than it is drama. Did you think about crying at any point? Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought about crying. Right. I'm almost always thinking about crying when there's a right. father there's son. A dad and son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so those are my move nooms. John, what do you got? Uh, I'm pretty sure the only movie that I saw in the theater no, I've seen two movies in the theater in All right. 16. I saw Star Wars Rogue One, Ooh, which is right. my favorite. I didn't see that one. And I saw, how long was it called? Sing. It was a cartoon yeah. with a singing competition. Yes. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that that's the whole, There, there is no more to that movie than what I've just said. Okay. They're, they're I've heard. That's about what I've heard. It's like a really good episode of American Idol if all the characters were animals and animated. <laughs> that's the... That is not exactly a ringing endorsement, is it? It really isn't. No. If you like American Idol or singing, you'd love that movie. Uh, I do like singing. Singing those, is good. Those were the two movies I saw in the theater. In okay, so... Rogue One, was it as good as The Force Awakens in your mind? No, it wasn't, but it was... For people who like Star Wars, it was just as good as the rest of Star Wars. Cool, cool. I'm really, I really want to see it. My son loved The Force Awakens, and we haven't seen Rogue One yet. Is it appropriate for a five-year-old? How much does he love The Force Awakens? How much does he love Star Wars in general? Um, he, I, think, I think what Drew McGarry wrote about it was true, which was if you take your kids to it, make sure they know what's going to happen at the end. Okay. Because otherwise, otherwise they will be traumatized for the rest of their lives. Okay, right, so I might do... I might wait a year or two because I actually don't know what happens at the yeah, end. Yeah, I don't want to tell you what happens at the I'm end. I'm not a Star Wars diehard, but um, okay. Stu, what yeah. are your move nooms? Um, I saw two movies. All right, just like John. Um, Which two? Best movie of the year was Nice Guys. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, best so actor of the year was Ryan Gosling because he was a live action Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. He yeah. was amazing. Um, That's best actress was uh, Ryan Gosling's daughter in that movie, yeah. who kept calling him a fucking idiot the whole movie. Yes. Um, it, was, it, was, it was an absolutely great. I, I know that all these movies that you listed were quality movies, prestige movies with high. You know, aspirations to make a piece of art that said something about the American experience. Nice guys had a lot of fucking car chases, a lot of boobs, and it was awesome. You know what it reminded me of? Did you ever see the movie The Whole Nine Yards? Yes. Kind of reminded me of like that vibe of like there was, was very, death and crime and whatever, and yeah, it's intense, but it's, but it's, it's also awesome. still the sort guy of who, dire- who wrote and directed it. Um, also wrote and directed or wrote um, the Last Boy Scout. Oh. If you recall, this that way, way over the top Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, that it's, was the one where the football players. When the football player shot himself yeah. on the field. Yeah. Oh yeah, you don't forget that. You one. don't really forget that. No. Yeah. And, but it was fantastic. Um, Super fun. Like worth it for everybody. Exactly. To if you watch. get the chance, he also did a movie before this called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. It. Also a buddy cop movie. And all, all buddy cop movies are awesome, but some are more awesome than others. Yeah. This one, a Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is like the tango and cash oh. to this one's L.A. Confidential. That's, oh, right. it's, nice. it's phenomenally good. Um, Ryan Gosling is so talented. It's so freaking good. It ends just, up becoming yeah. really frustrating. There's no way La La Land is halfway as good as this movie. No way. It's impossible. Not fucking possible. And um, the best supporting actor of the year goes to the second movie that I saw, which was 10 Cloverfield Lane, starring John Goodman. Um, wow. As, and he was so creepy in this movie and so John Goodman-y in this movie. It almost makes up for him not getting nominated for Big Lebowski. I hope this helps almost. getting a supporting actor at the Move Nooms or the New Moves um, <laughs> yeah. because he was great in this. And um, it was an underrated movie that was a continuation of the original Cloverfield movie, which is the big lizard movie from about 10 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. And yeah. it's kind of different. It's in the same universe, but different. There's no real big lizards in this one. Um, oh. It's just John Goodman. It's John Goodman. Um, it's He's incredible. I, I, all I can say is you really would enjoy it. So Lebowski those are the two movies came, that I like. Lebowski came out in what, 97 or something? 97, 98, yep. And I'm guessing there was 0.0% Oscar buzz for John Goodman as Walter... Sobchak. Walter Sobchak. Right. But... One of the more enduring characters it's indelible. in ab- Everyone absolute knows. musical or movie cinema history, whatever you want to call it. like yeah. In move doom history. Yes. If you, I don't know, I can't even put into words like exactly how crazy memorable that character is. If you think of like a supporting actor, I, I just, I don't know another one that I can say that it has meant, has been more memorable and more <laughs> distinct and unique than Walter Subject. Like it's, it's a fucking crazy it's a perfect thing, and I don't know. It's just so weird that I'm sure he was so, such a goofball at the time, and people probably weren't taking the Coen brothers seriously at the time, or it wasn't mm-hmm. even a thing. Yeah. But if there was anybody, if the internet was like legitimately around back then, and it kind of was, but I wish that performance happened now so we could have a bunch of people who were like, dude, I told you. See, I wrote this thing back in whatever about how important of a character that guy was, just to be right about it in 15 years in the future, because I don't know if there's any bitter characters that I... That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if there is one. Every character from the movie Slapshot. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Timely. There's an anniversary, right? Isn't it 
Sounds right. And 40th year. wild coach Bruce Boudreaux was an extra in Slapshot. Jeez. Bringing the it all full circle. Yeah, incredible. Uh, all right, so that's our move nooms. The movie noomies. The move nooms. Cool. The, the, the movie noomies. Uh, I have no parting wisdom for anybody. That's all I got. I'm all talked out. Cool. Stu? I got nothing. Um, thanks for uh, coming tonight, guys. Thanks, Surly, for having us. Yeah, thanks. Well, the official unofficial. Thanks for not kicking us out. Yep. Yeah, thanks for allowing us in once we showed our ID. Thanks for allowing all these old people with sweater vests to just stare at me for about <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, a little bit of hour. stares. A little bit of stares. Uh, well, that happened. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's call it a day. We'll be back next week, and uh, let's hope uh, take week. two for Ricky Rubio is the one that matters. Please, God. Please, God. Episode 200 next week. Oh. 200. Final episode. Slide final to the episode. left. I can see into the Slide future, the right. and I know exactly how we commemorated it. Not at all. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.